It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome to another episode of Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports, HiveSports.com. I'm your host, Jake Sorensen, and today I'm hanging out with Bailey. So uh, Bailey and I have been getting to know each other on Twitter a little bit. Um, we went golfing this week here in Dallas or in the Dallas area. Now we're in Shreveport for the bowl game, but um, we've just been uh, kind of just chilling at this cabin in the woods, getting ready for game day today. And so we're going to talk a little bit about BYU football, obviously the game today against UAB, and then some recruiting. We'll talk a little bit about BYU basketball as well, kind of what do they do with uh, the loss, obviously, of Gavin Baxter and then Richard Harward mentioning that he's not coming back this year due to his heart condition. And we'll talk a little bit about what do you do for the big situation, but um, that's kind of the, the docket today. But first, I'm going to let Bailey introduce himself and, and kind of give us, Bailey, tell us about how you became a BYU fan um, and I guess where it all started and then also just kind of um yeah we'll start with that maybe where to follow you on twitter does that sound good that sounds great what's up everyone um so my name is bailey i uh started being a BYU fan probably uh, i don't know 13 years ago i'd say i'm 23 so my fandom has just come just from my dad my dad grew up in, in orem and we have just been fans my whole life um a big moment for me was when um, BYU played Utah in 2009. The last time they won was 2009. Yeah, it was 2009 with Andrew George winning in overtime. Um, that was basically when my my moment from being a BYU fan kind of spiked. My uncle went to the U, and I grew up with my uncle, and we were really he went to the, the U, and you know we we were big fans. For Utah, my uncle was, and he tried to convert me to, to be a U fan, and I just, I just wouldn't let him do it. And <laughs> since then, I've just my fandoms with BYU. Um, we're just really big fans, and uh, so yeah. Where where can people follow you on Twitter? What's your handle that way? You might need to look it up. I don't. I honestly, I'm not one to look at my handle a lot. I just had to memorize it after a while. But <laughs> it's one of those things that our followers, our the people who listen, like to go and, and meet other BYU fans. So it's just a good connection point. Oh yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at Eisen's ninety eight. So E I S E N S nine eight. So yeah, go ahead and follow me. I uh, post. I don't know every day. I look for Utah stuff and try to troll them. I think that's <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Speaking of trolling, I noted um, Tanner Martin. I don't know if you follow very many Utah fans, but apparently with the big COVID spikes this week, Utah fans are starting to get worried about the Rose Bowl um, with California obviously being one of the areas. So maybe we'll touch base on that a little bit as well because, I mean, BYU's bowl game is so early in the season and it's kind of just spiking now with the Omicron or however you say that variant or whatever. But it seems to be one of those those focal points right now with sports. NBA switching gears, NFL switching gears, NHL switching gears. They just barely met with their players' associations yesterday to renegotiate all of their COVID protocols. I think they're going back to like testing and all that stuff that they kind of gone away from. And I'm sure that means teams are going to go back to like masking player or masking fans up to like row twenty or whatever. Yep. There's going to be some adjustments there. But BYU gets in luckily before any of that happens. Playing UAB today in Shreveport. Um, 
it's a rainy day. It is such a rainy day, but it's also a great day. I think it's going to be really nice by game time. And the weather, I mean, can't get much better. It's like 80 degrees, maybe it's 60 degrees with the rain, but a little bit better than the snow that everybody's having back in Utah. But a little bit from this week, just from following on, on Twitter and everything that way, um, I don't know if you saw this as well, but there was some talk about the team not being locked in um, yeah. for the bowl game. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Um, the big thing is Ben Criddle likes to stir, stir the pot a little bit, and he's like, is this team even motivated to play this game? And, you know, I, I really think there is. Um, I think BYU is going to come out with a, a shoulder on their back. They did not get an invite to the New Year's Six Bowl, and I think that the play, everyone's been saying, you know, it's not, it's not affecting anybody. But I think deep down, the players are a little upset. Oh, yeah. They played a, a really good season. We let, you know, a couple fumbles, and we would be in the New Year's Six, or, you know, even inches um, with Oklahoma State losing. Um, but, you know, I think that they have a shoulder on their backs. And like Spender Linton said on BYU Sports Nation, if we – when this game is a big chance, we'll be in the top 10 yeah. for only the fourth time ever for, for BYU football. So, yeah, what a time to be alive as a BYU fan right now. Oh, it's a great time. I look back and, I mean, last year was pretty awesome. It kind of got me through the COVID year watching Zach. Oh, yeah. Um, being able to actually watch football. Just couldn't be more grateful. And I think the, ta- the team kind of rallied around that idea um, for this game week. I was listening to Kalani between the day they got here and the day yesterday, I think, was the walkthroughs. It was kind of like, hey, we need that energy. We need that intensity. Our team needs to lock in. Then the players start saying, yeah, you know, we got to be grateful that we're in a bowl game again. They kind of exactly. went back to that mentality of, you know, we, we could not have football at all. So it's better to have any football than, than no football. And so I think that's kind of the mentality they have to go into this game with. Um, and I think BYU is going to come out and, and, and really show up. Like you said, a shoulder in their back. There's going to be, be some pressure points. There's well, going to be some energy there. And the thing about it is, is there's only, the, the spread's only 6.5. So I think there's a, people think this game is closer than it is. Uh, my prediction, I, I think BYU is going to be a three, four touchdown favorite. Um, I might be biased, but just everything I've seen, they're going to get some healthy players back. So LaChance is going to play. Um, I really think Jaron's going to play. I read a thing about 20 minutes ago saying that, you know, he practiced yesterday. He, he looks good. He should be playing today. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to throw him off for UAB being like, oh, is he going to play? Is Baylor going to play? So I think Jaron plays on – I think Algier breaks the, the rushing record today too. I think it's going to be a lot of ground game just because of how wet the field's going to be. Oh, absolutely. Um, so ball protection is going to be a huge thing. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to talk about that game again, but <laughs> the Boise State game, you know, four turnovers was it's a big deal. Um, Huge deal. It was like a nightmare for BYU football this year. You were like, well, like, what are we watching? So I think it's going to be about, I don't know, three, four touchdown game for BYU. I How much they win by. Yeah, I think Tyler Algier is an interesting question because UAB has one of the best rush defenses in the nation, which I didn't really know going into this game. They hold opponents, I think it's under 114.9 yards per game rushing. So that's pretty dang good for, I mean, a team out of Conference USA. You think maybe like UTSA and you see some of these high-scoring games, UTEP. And, you know, I mean, I was looking at some of the games, who they played against, who's the top of their conference. UTEP went to Boise State and lost like 54-13. to So, I mean, 
UTEP's really, I don't know how good they are. They, they played a conference. How good is Conference USA really? Exactly. I, I think there's some questions there that could be maybe exposed. And I, I kind of hope to be on your side of things. I could see this game turning into like a Georgia Southern kind of game where it's like a 17-point win, but maybe it looks closer in the first half. Yeah, gritty. A gritty yeah. just nail-biter, and you're like, like, what are we watching? Like, oh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And with the rain, too, I think – this is my biggest thing. So Lopini, I don't think um, Algier is going to have any issues toting the ball, but no. Lopini is the one who's had the fumble issues, yeah. and both of them happen to be kind of in crunch time, I mean, yeah. obviously. So how do you help him? He's coming back next year. He announced this week that he's coming back next year for one more year. How does he just get back into that mojo that he had last year when he was, like, laying out for touchdowns against UCF and in their bowl game? And, like, just last year was – he was really basically their screen running back. He was the guy he that was would catch a, the passes. Yeah, he was a dominant player. Um, it's crazy. Your mental game of, you know, where where your mindset is during the game and, and then you make a mistake, you know, on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then your mind just kind of crumbles. Definitely. And I think – for Katoa, that's that's what happened. I think his mind just crumbled, and it's taken him this long to get his confidence back. And uh, be honest, what we've seen this season is his confidence even back. I mean, not yet. I not, would say I don't think it is because yeah, he hasn't had a a like a great like groundbreaking game this season. It's been Algier. Yeah. So. Outside of football, though, he has had quite a, a rough, like, tumultuous year with right. family, health, stuff that way. So, so I really hope he just locks back in. I hope, yeah. And I, this game could be something to prove it. Yeah. Uh, it could be. I, I think it could be the deciding factor. Um, a couple other things of note. Obviously, Neil Powell come back next year. Missing him is, I feel like, a big key to this game. I feel like he opens up the offense. So when you just go down, like, you're playing the deep ball a lot, um, you have to really involve Samson in this game. More than you have in, in past games. Samson catches usually like two to three passes. He had one game where he, he blew up for over 100 yards. But right. this is a game where I'd love to see Samson just catch a lot, uh, as well as Puka. I, we got to keep both of them healthy and keep them going. But um, Samson needs a lot of, of touches this game. And I don't know how you do that. Do you do on the fly sweep? Because he's been busting like 12 to 14 yards of carry. Do you kid him in the middle of the field? Do you kind of play it like Neil Pau, or you kind of just set him out in the flat and let him do his work when you throw him the ball? I, I don't know how you use Samson in this game, but I feel like he has to have a pretty big impact to, to make a really big difference today. Well, and it's his last game yeah. as, a, as a Cougar, so I think he is going to lay everything on the line. I think all the players today, you know, this is it. This is, this is the season. Yeah. So people who are seniors, you know, we gotta say sadly goodbye to them, and who knows about Algier? I mean, we're, yeah. we're praying he comes back. <laughs> yeah. But for Samson, you know, this could be the best game of the season. Absolutely. Um, I think the deep ball is gonna be a factor today. I think we get two or three, yeah, uh, three, three, two or three plays for more than forty yards. Yeah. Um, just because BYU is so dominant with that. I don't think the ball is going to be very wet come game time. You know, cross our fingers. Dry out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as you look out here, you know, we're sitting in the basement and we can see uh, <laughs> how rainy it is. But no, I, I'm serious. I, I think BYU is going to get at least three or four plays for more than 40 yards. They have to. Like, that's kind of the, the chunk play game. Yeah. That, um, Aaron Roderick kind of preaches as the oh, yeah. coordinator. That's what they live and die by. That's what they couldn't get anything back in like 2017, 2018. No. Couldn't get the big chunk plays. And then they've kind of lived by that the past two years. So it's become 
it's become BYU football. That's what exactly. we know BYU football to be is big just, chunk plays. Just yeet it up to the puka. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then like, just shove it down their throats with Algier or the running game. And that's in, something interesting as well. I would love to see them get Austin McChesney, uh, some of these running backs that if Algier leaves, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see him break the record today. I, I, it would be awesome. But it would I also, be cool. I'm like, you know, do you, do you run him? And if you're, the game's in hand, do you let just McChesney kind of get some reps in a bowl game, a big-time game? Um, I think I don't know. I think McChesney will come in in the second half. I yeah. think he'll – on his prediction, like I said, uh, BYU should have a three-touchdown lead at corner into halftime. So I believe McChesney will come in third quarter and, you know, do his stuff. Yeah. I kind of said 38-21 was kind of my, my like insight. Just like, I don't know. I think UAV is good. I think they'll put up points, but I think BYU will stop them. I don't think their offense is that potent. But we're so. playing a Conference USA opponent, and I don't, and people I, – I think it's funny. I mean, yes, Conference USA like is a conference, and but I just don't think they're that pretty. But, yes, Georgia Southern, right? I yeah. guess we can say because Georgia Southern wasn't amazing either, and we not struggled, but it was a grind. Yeah, it, was after, it wasn't after a bye week, though, too. You go out all the way to George after a bye week, and it, it, it kind of makes it, it a little It was a tricky. rock fight. It was a rock fight. That was a rough... It was pretty ugly in the first half. Um, I think they were even down, weren't they? Or no, they took the lead back, I think. In the, yeah, it was... It was really not very It was pretty. a weird game. <laughs> it was a weird game. It was like last year's Coastal game. It's What is it about the Sun Belt that just BYU just... Couldn't do it. Doesn't like. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's really um, one of those things. I think Sunbelt's kind of gritty. Well, I mean, we played Louisiana Tech last year. We played Western Kentucky, and both of those teams are in the Conference USA. Yeah, we whacked them. We did whack them, and it was one of those things where it was like, this is a big blowout pretty early. And I, I think, I mean, Western Kentucky last year, I think they ended up like 3-9. and nine. This year they ended up like 8-3 and three or 8-4. Yeah, eight they're and pretty four. good. So they're pretty good. UAB's in that same boat. They're 8-4 and four right now. They did lose UTSA, but they took UTSA 34-31, just barely lost they kind of handled that game and UTSA it's I mean last year they took us to the wire in Provo kind of in that little like hump season part of the game five six yeah kind of another weird game that BYU played yeah but I don't know I just don't see it being a close game honestly I don't know what Vegas sees yeah I get the weather's a factor I get that but BYU on paper should should destroy it demolish these guys yeah everything by BYU has is Potentially better. You know, this is kind of a setup year for next year. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, we just landed one of the best recruiting classes we've had in 10 years. Um, we've obviously got some major transfers coming in with Kingsley and, and some other guys that are in the portal right now that BYU might have their eye on, that Washington transfer on the D-line. There's some guys that could make an, a major impact immediately Oh yeah, um, coming in, plus the guys we just signed. I think Isaiah Moa will start next year um, or at least get some reps next year. No, he'll start. You have – oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, he's going to start. Tyler Batty's coming back next year after a pretty darn solid year this year. Um, I think it's Larson um, – or Nilsson, um, number 94 – who is just somebody that I think the D-line can really develop. I've been hearing lately that you have um, – it's uh, – let's see, the running back – or the, the receiver from American Fork that just got back from his mission. His name's just slipping me right now. But um, he apparently is really good uh, and coming on uh, as a, a great late bloomer, I guess, towards the year. And just off his mission, give him, give him some time to kind of – catch things up there but I, he was a four-star recruit out of american fork so i, th- yeah. I think there's some great it was either american fork or lone peak i think it was american fork but there's some great talent coming in next year and i think this kind of sets the stage obviously an 11 win season would be awesome yeah getting ranked in the top 10 would be awesome 
Well, I mean, that just represents that BYU will be in the top 20, maybe top 15 to start next year. Yeah, exactly. Well, you have – look who you got on the schedule to start it off. You have, um, I mean, Oregon. You have Baylor. Baylor's week two. So then you go, I think, week three is at Oregon. Yeah, A couple weeks later, you go to Arkansas. Or Arkansas comes to us. Yeah, Arkansas comes to Provo. And so, I mean, after that, you have Notre Dame in Vegas. And then you have Stanford at the end of the year. So you have five solid packed teams. Plus that scary Boise State game. That scary Boise State game. In Idaho. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, at the Smurf turf. So can't overlook that game because apparently we did, you know, this year. (laughs) Exactly. Utah State (laughs) comes to us next year. So instead of going up to Logan, which I feel like the Aggies have kind of turned it up. We'll see what happens with their coach with all of the shenanigans that happen that way. A little way. worried about him. You know, coach of the year candidate, and he opens his mouth. It's kind of it's kind of scary what happens when – and, you know, it's one of those things. It's a subject you just have to be a straight shooter on. Just, yep. You can't do this kind of stuff. No. Like, and you, you can't beat around the bush and, like, sugarcoat it or try to, like, disguise it as this is the reason it happens. It's just something that happens, and you have to be vocal against um, domestic violence and, and those kind of situations of – um, assault. So uh, hopefully they get that situation figured out. I honestly, I'd like to see him um, still get a shot um, just because he's he's really turned around Utah State. But there's some great games next year that BYU can really set up the stage right now with these extra practices in this bowl game for a great year next year. Uh, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit, of it, just about the recruiting class a little bit more in depth. So um, obviously we signed um, Cody Hagan yeah, from so Corner Canyon. I think he's the best player <laughs> yeah. that I've seen in the in Utah in a while. Yeah. Gatorade Player of the Year, Mr. Football. He's going to be phenomenal for BYU. Yeah. His speed? Insane. Insane. Insane speed. He's going on his mission straight off. No, so he hasn't said yet. He hasn't said yet? Okay. So it depends who comes back. Okay. So I I guarantee if Paul and um, Romney come back, he'll go on a mission. Okay. If they bounce... He, he'll play. He'll play, you think? Because he'll start. start. Off. Yeah, he will start. And Well, also, we can't forget Cody Epps out of modern day. His quarterback, I mean, Bryce Young, is right. now at Alabama just tearing it up. And I, he's been injured this year, but I am so pumped for what happens when he comes because he is speedy. He is he fast. Is some, and he's like he's got great hands. He's a little bit smaller. He's He kind of reminds me of a Britton Covey kind of guy. I, I think BYU could really utilize his skill set, and I'm so excited. Our receiving core does not get any less deep. Our our offensive line is getting more deep. Our running back room is the only question is if Algier comes back or not. But even then, with how McChesney ran against USC and just some of that like hard-nosed football that you're seeing come out of these guys, like, and, I mean, Katoa coming back. There's some good, good play that could happen. And BYU could be in the, the contention for an NY6 next year or the playoff for, for who knows, you know what I mean? And it, BYU of old is back is kind of, I guess, what I'm getting at with some of these recruits that they've signed. And yeah. I just hope that they, they lock in. Um, I hope that they they really need to figure out the getting pressure on the quarterback situation. It's been an issue since 2016. Um, and, I mean, I get the bend, don't break. I don't mind Tuiaki's defense when they're getting turnovers. Like, that's kind of what it's built on. But It won yeah. the game for Virginia. It did. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone just bashes on the – on the the drop eight, but if it works, it works. Shut them down in the second half. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't personally like it. Um, I like blitzing the quarterback more, and I like getting him under pressure. And BYU struggles with that. Yeah. Um, I think this off season, I think BYU is gonna really focus on their defense. Yeah, I think so. Because their offense is solid. Yeah. You got Jaron Hall climbing back next year. He's gonna be stellar. And if I do. Algier doesn't come back, 
Like I said, you got McChesney, Katoa, plus the portal, you right? We yeah. talk about that oh, in yeah. just a second. The portal is a hot topic right now. Oh, yeah. We lost a couple tight ends in the portal. Yeah, which is and sad. And we lost Cade Parrish, I think. Or maybe he was a couple years ago. Maybe he went up to snow. But So we've lost a couple guys in the portal. Yeah, we lost a couple guys. But the portal is going to create new things for BYU. Oh, absolutely. Especially this year. I mean, when we got Puka last year. And Samson. And Samson. I mean, can you imagine? Samson, the, I guess, a grad transfer. Can you imagine the, the, the year this year was beating six P5s, going to the Big 12, you know, after next year? Yeah. I think we're going to get some, some players that, you know, you wouldn't imagine. I really wanted Scott. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I really wanted him. Yeah. I thought he was going to be a no-brainer for BYU. Um, I get why he's going to Auburn. Yeah. Keontae. Hmm. That's a good choice. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not going to choose BYU, why go to Miami and play for Mario Cristobal and a guy that you – I mean, I, I don't feel like I'd be able to trust him. He just dips on Oregon. Right. And he kind of like – they got destroyed by Utah twice, and then he dips. Like, he, it was kind of like a scapegoat kind of deal for me personally. And then, I mean – it was Auburn, Oregon, Miami, and BYU, and Tennessee. And Tennessee. I, I might have gone to play for Josh Heupel. Yeah. yeah he, he probably would have been actually my number two um, before Auburn. Um, but, I mean, BYU was, uh, for me, a sure landing spot. Right. It, sh- it should have been the one. But, hey, each each player makes the decision based on their needs, and hopefully it works out well for him. In yeah. The best of luck to him. I think he's going to kill it. It sucks because Bo Nix is transferring. Yeah. So, he's not. who knows who the quarterback's going to be. Um it's a defensive system though there with um um Zahark, what's his name the court, the coach um <laughs> I can't remember his name right now but no. the former Boise State coach yeah yeah, um, yeah. I, I think honestly I don't know there's some opportunity there for for him to kind of show out on the defense I watched one game they played South Carolina we were in at the Georgia Southern game we went to a, a Buffalo Wild Wings after and I watched um that game come down to the wire um, and that was kind of an interesting game. I didn't actually watch too much of the Iron Bowl with um, with Alabama and Auburn, but that was another one where I don't know. Maybe he saw something in in playing in the SEC that he just wouldn't get out of out of Provo. But yeah, but that Iron Bowl was incredible. It um, wasn't crazy. So that game, that was during that was the night of the BYU Utah um, basketball game. Yeah. But yeah, um, that game was stellar because. Not that Alabama got exposed, but they almost lost, and they would should have missed the playoff because of it too. Well, the thing about <laughs> it is, is Alabama not Alabama. Auburn just had to run the ball, and the guy had to stay in bounds, and the game would have been over. The guy ran out of bounds, made a silly mistake, and lost in the game basically. Yeah. Um, which which sucks. You know? Oh yeah, totally. Because now Alabama, they were out of timeouts, right? Alabama was. Yeah, Alabama was out of timeouts. And that's the, the second thing about that is, is Alabama's now a one seed. How the heck are they a one seed? <laughs> I know, right? It's, yeah, I know. It's it's so sad. You know, we're we're in Shreveport, and then you know they get to go to the, the, the big big the big bowls. But well, and then Michigan State obviously Walker's not going to play. Pickett's not going to play, and then yeah. So th- let's talk about the Peach Bowl for a second. I mean, tickets are going as low as seventeen dollars. Yeah, right. That's as much as our game. Yeah, this is as much <laughs> as our game. Exactly. And yeah. that's because BYU fans aren't pumped, uh, as pumped as they could have been. No. Which I'm actually pretty darn pumped. This is actually, I'm pretty stoked to be here. This oh, I'm too, city. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to go watch Mark Hughes one last time. Heck yeah. Go support him. Go support him. Be as loud as we can. I'm going to leave today with my voice gone. But Barter really screwed that up, though. 
Barta really screwed up the decision making. Barta and the crew there for the decision making committee for the Peach Bowl. How does he not have the foresight to see that Kenneth Walker is going to walk and Pickett's going to walk? And it kind of just turns into this trash. I mean, it says disrespect for BYU. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I mean, when has BYU been respected? I don't know. Well, if we talk to what's his name, uh, Hansen, Jeff Hansen, he would say YN and. Is, yeah. uh, is alive and well <laughs> put the well, tinfoil hats on <laughs> tell me a game um, that we've watched this year with any commentary that you've seen I know you've been to a lot of games this year but a, a game where the, the commentators have been on BYU's side Oh, no, they're they're definitely... I wonder if ESPN's not super stoked, obviously. They've had this kind of, like, top dog in BYU where they're making them a lot of money. It's just focused on that. It's a, a mutual two-way contract. And then now they're like, hey, we're dipping to the Big 12. Hey, see you guys later. We're not going to support you guys as much as we once did. I, I feel like there was kind of a turning there with, like, hey, you guys had an alliance with us. You're not in alliance with us anymore. Let's cut ties kind of deal. But not cut ties. Like, they're still, like, we're following through with the agreement, but we're not going to go above and beyond, I guess, for you guys anymore. I can see that. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's totally just like a... No, because it's been... Uh, even last year, everyone dogged on BYU. Oh, yeah. I mean, BYU has always been the underdog. Yeah. And they... Until... They loved Zach Wilson. They told his story a million times. Oh, yeah. Times. Everyone loved Zach Wilson. <laughs> they wanted him to go to Coastal and lose that game. I could feel that when we were watching that Coastal game. It was just like the announcers were definitely pushing on the Coastal side of things. It yep. felt like, but... But, I mean, yeah, I mean, tell me a game that, that wasn't like that. Especially this year. I felt like I was yelling more at the TV than I was I, I was yelling more at the commentators. Being like, dude, just, just be quiet. Like, let us watch the game with you, uh, your silence. The, the Jordan Southern was uh, probably the worst commentating I've ever heard in my life. That was ESPN Plus. A little bit trickier there. <laughs> right. I felt, like a, I felt like I was watching a high school football game. Yeah, I got some TV time there with Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know if you saw us. <laughs> no, I did. We were standing for a roast in the towel. Yeah. <laughs> that was a blast. Oh, man. That was, uh, that was a fun game. Um, we had some family there, um, some family friends. Um, and, yeah, anyways, it was a great just area environment. It was pretty ruthless. Like, some of those Georgia Southern fans were, like. <laughs> did you see the burritos getting thrown? I didn't see burritos getting thrown. Did uh, you? No, no. On the TV, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. Well, I, Spencer Linton got beer poured on him. Yeah. I saw that. From yeah, the I tweeted section. him. I was like, "Is this true, Spencer?" And he's like, "Oh, it's one hundred percent." He's like, "I can confirm. I there was something on, on my." Uh, <laughs> I had it poured on me <laughs> on my jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, hopefully, it wasn't anything else, but I'm pretty sure it was beer based on everybody. They started kicking students out after that, so it, it kind of turned around. But at least it wasn't a golf ball, right? No, at least it wasn't a golf ball. Yeah, <laughs> we could hit some golf balls right now. We should actually we probably should. go take some golf balls outside. Other than the fact that it's pouring rain. <laughs> and there's trees everywhere, so you know. And you might get smacked in the face off of a ricochet. <laughs> break one door, too. <laughs> break one door, too. Oh, man. No, but um, I, I want to talk about BYU basketball for a minute, just since we have a little bit of time left. So, um, obviously, BYU football has been the focus for so long, and I haven't really talked about this on the show too much, but BYU basketball is in kind of a dire need situation with the center right now. Oh, yeah. Gavin Baxter being out is huge, and then Harward this week announces he's not coming back from his heart stuff. So what do we do? I'm kind of at a loss. So could we call Kobe Lee yet, you know? We should have if we haven't yet. Is he still enrolled at BYU is the other thing. Well, so here's the thing. So this is the, the cool thing about the NCAA. So as long as you are registered for classes – for the winter semester. And haven't gone to another school. Correct. Okay. He can play. He can play. And, and he has eligibility. I, would he be in condition? Would he be wanting to come back and play for Pope again? 
I don't know. What would be your pitch to him, right? What, Oh, man. I don't even know if Pope has a pitch right now for him because he kind of – I think Kobe Lee felt a little bit jaded. I think – I think he did too. Yeah. And, Wait, especially when you go after Harms. Yeah. And then Harms doesn't come back. He put all his chips in one basket with Harms. And Harms like, nah, I'm dipping. But... <laughs> yeah. Now BYU, we have a tiki, a tiki. What, uh... BYU needs to figure out something because watching the Creighton game last week, they were severely undersized and – Creighton had two seven-footers, was it? Yeah, and uh, one, but the dominant one. I think the other guy was six, six ten, six eleven, <laughs> pretty close to seven feet. Yeah, but to watch that game, BYU just looked like their defense was not existent. Yeah, because they they they. I love Loner to death, but the poor guy can't guard a seven one guy. It was really tricky. I don't Loner's. Um, he needs to kind of get that mojo back that he yeah, had last year. Um, He's a great rebounder, but he, he needs a score. Yeah, he needs a score. He got his first three, so I'm hoping. I saw that. I'm hoping it was it was a garbage time. But <laughs> Floodgates. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's what starts his just shooting streak. Just Now's shoot. the time. It's a great opportunity for him. But yeah, talk about more about the bigs. You know, they've talked about the football team. Um, you know, maybe we get someone off the football team. We've got to find someone. Well, even if you pick somebody off the football team, they were looking at Blake Freeland. He's only 6'8". Yeah, they're clocking He's up. He's a the big ba- body. Yeah, they're talking the, the Barrington brothers. 6'7". And they're big. Yeah. Like, the one who scored the most points, um, who was it? It was um, Little, I think it was. He scored 17 points and averaged – he averaged 17 points a game and 11 rebounds in high school. It's pretty good. So, I, I think you got to go for somebody who's actually, like, proven production – when you look at the Barringtons, they averaged like one and one. Like it's not not great. Like you don't need just a body out there. You need somebody who's actually like gonna be productive. So at this point, like you go out, you look at the volleyball team, right? Maybe get someone off the, the volleyball team. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's I don't a know. Different skill set. I don't know. You just gotta find <laughs> someone who's big. If somebody's played, I, I, I they have to be big, but they also have to have the basketball coordination. I think there's the game of basketball at the college level is way too fast for somebody to just like step in and like make an impact you know what i'm saying like yeah but if it that's true because even if you looked i guess um spencer johnson's younger brother on oregon like severely just not the greatest why did he get byu i don't know (laughs) he's at oregon i know we should that should be an easy flip and oregon (laughs) has almost a losing schedule this year i know i I mean a, a losing record so you know that thir- number 13 win was fun for a minute. It was fun for a minute. <laughs> there, there were 12. Yeah. There were oh, 12. 12. That's right. There 12. were 12. Yeah. I was like, wow. BYU is really, really good. <laughs> and then UVU exposed us. But. Hey, go Wolverines a little bit, right? There's that part of me. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> no, but go Cougs all day. <laughs> I, uh, no, but to answer your question, BYU needs to find someone. And you would have to think someone on campus has played basketball before. There's so many intermillers. I mean, you've got to find someone. Yeah. And Pope has to know someone. I mean, I don't know. I mean, weird question to ask yourself in the middle of the season. Oh, yeah. You lose both your bigs. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Because the small ball is not going to work. And why aren't we recruiting more bigs? That's what I was curious, too. <laughs> but They've played small ball. They've, they've lived and died by the three. Because during the Toulson era, they're threes. They're threes. Barcelo and Toulson together. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine what 2019 yeah. would have been? BYU shot more than 50% from the three on Saturday and still lost. Yeah. That's insane. That's telling you something. Yeah. Because you couldn't stop the big. Yeah. That one big. 
I mean, but then they did stop Spencer Johnson's brother, obviously, and they they played pretty good against um, the six foot nine, six foot ten guy from was it Missouri State? Yeah. So they, I mean, they've had some like big dudes, but I feel like Creighton's big guys were actually like pretty darn skilled, and and, and I, they're not going to compete in the NCAA tournament when you get to these sixty four teams who no. have proven bigs. No, is kind of the BYU the will not advance past the first round. Or make it to the tournament. Yeah, that's the, that's really the question. Can they even make it to the tournament? This is scary. This is a scary situation for BYU basketball because they lost. Yeah, they lost two games. That's fine. Yeah, but the scary part is you're going to the, you're going to the conference play without bigs, and you need you need you need height. Absolutely, basketball is a game of height, and BYU doesn't have any right now. No, and I say make a pitch. Make a pitch to Little. Make a pitch to uh, Blake Freeland. I think he averaged um, like uh, eight and six in high school at Harriman. Well, Pope was like, hey, let's go to Hawaii. You know? Yeah. We're, we're going to Hawaii next week. You guys, guys want to go? I saw that on the show. He's like, hey, I'm going to just, Kalani might have to have me throw in a ticket for him to go to Hawaii too, but we'll make it happen. We'll do it. <laughs> Finish your bowl game. Come play ball for us. Because, <laughs> do you got to think about it? They're in shape. Yeah, they are. They're not in basketball shape. But it'll get there. But it, yeah, Kafusi did it. Kafusi did it. The thing that's scary is, do they want to lose some weight though? Yeah, do they want to lean up? Yeah, they're gonna lose some weight. And Freeland's not a guy you want to lose weight. No. As a left tackle, he's as a left tackle. You don't want him to lose weight. So you could just go back for Colby Lee. It's a weird scenario, <laughs> is it not? Just yeah. a weird scenario to think about. You need a third guy, and I, maybe he doesn't need to be in the best condition. I don't know. Maybe he does need to be. Well, no, the game college ball is too fast, man. It's just too fast. <laughs> he would get lit up. Uh, I feel like even playing like offensive line at BYU and then trying to transition to basketball, I remember it took weeks for Kafusi to like – For Corbin? Yeah, to get back to like a, well, a game shape for basketball. And then he had to get back in game shape for football. Well, the thing with him in basketball was, you know, he kind of – Kind of roughhouse a little bit, you know. He yeah. kind of pushed some some bridges. Not that he was dirty by any means, but there was sometimes he's physical. He was physical, and you know. But that's he's a football player. It's like church ball, yeah. <laughs> Good old church ball. <laughs> like watching church ball every game. <laughs> Those years weren't the best for BYU basketball, though. No, no, it was almost like there was a lack of focus. Kind of like Jaron Hall leaving baseball to just focus on football. Yeah, like I don't love the idea. I I feel like it would bail out Pope if, if he does it. If he has one, if Kalani has a couple of his basketball guy or football guys go over and play basketball, and Pope needs to have this stretching and growing experience of you need to recruit bigs. And Atiki Atiki's good. That's a great start. But you got to do more than just one big. Yeah, you got to have two need... to three solid bigs. And I know they're relying on Baxter and Harward. I get it. But it's... you need six, eleven guys. Yeah, you need someone to rebound. Yeah. And you need someone to block shots. George and Loner do such a great job. Like the Utah game was awesome. Well, Gavin Baxter, I mean... You miss him so much, man. That's what it was. Gavin Baxter was a tear. Yeah. He would bail you out. Offensive rebounding, like crazy. He would bail you out. The putback shots. Yeah. Yeah. I miss him a lot already, and it's only been a very short period of time. <laughs> it's been four games. Four games in, man. Yeah, we're, we're in definitely an interesting situation, but I'm excited for uh, for what's to come for BYU Hoops. It'll be cool to see what happens in the coming weeks. And yeah, we're not trying to dog it by any means. We're just trying to... You know, think outside the box. Yeah, we just we just need someone. I mean, <laughs> do you want to go play basketball for him? I would love to. I'm just not tall or uh, you know what I mean, fast enough. Right. Yeah. Got a little bit of dad bod now. Yep. <laughs> I'm five <5'10". laughs> ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know any seven footers? I don't know. I don't really know anybody that has eligibility still. 
The guy at Best Buy yesterday. Was he pretty tall? Yeah. He, he was <laughs> He was 6'9". I was like, hey. Best Buy, Rockwall, Texas. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go BYU. <laughs> so, you know this game of basketball, right? Let's go play. you, you got to get signed for school. Oh, man. There's got to be some really tall guy out there. I don't know. That's not enrolled in school that could get into BYU winter semester and just... So is this when you start going to just random gyms and just scouting? Yeah, go to like <laughs> Vox of Fitness or and just being like, okay, or go to men's leagues and yeah. just be like, there's a basketball coach here, like recruiting and being like, hey, you know, I don't know, you have a family and you, you know, you have your career. Let's stop that, and you're gonna go play college basketball for the next six months. Yep. We could, oh, and and you have to go to school. Yeah, <laughs> we could have used that six uh, eleven uh, forward from six eleven. Yeah, forward from Eastern Washington. I think they put a lot of like eggs in the basket in the transfer portal. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like you got to find the guys in the transfer portal, and you have to land them if you're going to go all in, or you have to recruit them right from high school. Yep. So basketball's a different animal, though, too. Yeah, it is. You want somebody proven. Yep. Because like you could get this tall guy, and he could be just doing nothing. And exactly. that's the risk. But then I think most of the tall guys out there, you can develop. If you're a good coach, you have to learn how to develop your talent. That's true, too. So I hope Pope really figures it out. Either way, we're here in Shreveport today, and we're going to go watch some football because the Cougs are going to tear it up. Um, we're stoked to watch them beat UAB. Go Cougs all day, every day. Thanks so much, Bailey, for yeah, chatting. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is my first podcast. so <laughs> We'll get you on again. This is fun. It'll be better next time. Next time it'll be better. I'll be, uh, I'm not going to stutter as much as I did. <laughs> Hey, stuttering is fine because it's just a conversation. We're just chilling, talking about BYU. It's great. So <laughs> we just appreciate you having on, being on. So everybody go follow at the Hive Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, definitely check out the articles that are written by Dan and the others on thehivesports.com. Um, feel free to answer the question that I'm going to have posted um, for today on Spotify. If you end up doing that, um, we'll try to get those questions answered on next week's show. Um, but thanks so much for listening and go Cougs. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.